What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, DJs, studio artists, and any other creators that are producing music in their home, and they also offer label services as well. They've got three different tiers to offer creators that start as low as $22.99 a year. That's just $1.92 a month, and even their top tier is just $7.50 per month. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners and viewers 30% off your first year membership with DistroKid, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. That link will give you 30% off that first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and cannot thank them enough for their longtime support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Puff Coffee. Puff is one of my favorite coffee shops in Portland, Oregon. They've got a location off 28th and Stark in Southeast. Their coffee is delicious and everyone that works there is always super friendly. I had the pleasure of staying in their neighborhood for a month or so and it was just a real treat to have this as my neighborhood coffee shop for a bit. And now I find myself going out of my way to get over there and get some coffee. Puff Coffee was started by the founder of Stumptown Coffee, and they are making small batch coffee roasted daily here in Portland. Their mission to find, roast, and deliver the most delicious coffees anywhere. Their small batch process means that they get to keep things interesting with experimental blends and single origin gems while always keeping the classics on deck. They've got a variety of beans to choose from, and if you're not in the Portland area, you can order their small batch coffee straight to your home through their website. And you can use the coupon code DANCABLE, all one word, for 20% off a coffee subscription. Links for Puff Coffee will be in the episode notes. Big thanks to Puff for supporting the show and for their amazing small batch coffee. Now let's get into the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those itunes charts giving it more visibility on the national and international levels helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so if you're not listening on apple just hit like follow subscribe wherever you are listening from 
or uh, maybe you're watching on YouTube now and you can hit subscribe there or uh, give it a rating on Spotify. Tell a friend about the podcast. Check out those monthly playlists that have been dropping every first of the month on Spotify. Pretty spread out genre wise and just a snapshot of what I'm listening to throughout the month. Some things that are making it in to my DJ sets and the links for all those things will be in the episode notes. Very stoked. Couldn't be more stoked to uh, be dropping episode 400 on you today. And for the people watching on YouTube, you can see that there is a new video element to this thing. I've been uh, dialing this thing in for the last couple months or so. As you can see behind me, I've got this uh, fresh new recording podcast studio space, which has been just so amazing to have. And I've been even the, the, you know, for the last couple of months, the ones that you've been hearing just audio, those have all been recorded in here as of late and been experimenting with the filming of things for the last couple of months as well, trying to get the space dialed in and the, the lighting and all, all those things. And, uh, yeah, today is kind of the introduction to the, the new era of podcasts where we will have, consistent video content happening for this thing so whether you're seeing the clips on social media or actually watching on youtube i'm i'm pretty excited to experiment with this it's been something that i've wanted to have for a long time and it has felt a little bit daunting to introduce something like this but i think that the the process is getting easier and it will continue to get easier as I get more reps doing this thing just like anything else and uh, I'm just excited to to share this episode with you all which is uh, a retrospective on 400 episodes hosted by my friend Ayal Alves who was uh, kind enough to to bring up the idea of uh, hosting this one for me I was talking to Ayal about potentially maybe wrapping the podcast up at 400 and that was on my mind for a little while but things shifted for me as you will hear in the episode and uh, I thought it was a good idea either way to to do this and I think all brought out such a great conversation between us definitely something um, I couldn't do without all and I think just gave me this opportunity to really reflect on on 400 episodes and and how this podcast has shaped my life over the years and all did such a killer job I knew I knew that all would do a great job and uh, just really came through and I just really appreciated this uh, this conversation and the opportunity to to chat in this way and uh, big thanks to uh, Forrest Brennan, who has been helping me dial in the video and the lighting for this room. And we've already made significant changes from what this episode will look like to the ones moving forward and, and trying to capture maybe more of this moodiness that you, you see behind me and more of more of this lighting vibe. Um, as you'll see in this conversation, it's a, it's a little brighter in here for the chat between Aol and I, but I think it still looks really great. And it was, uh, it was nice for me to be kind of the, the first guest I feel like for 
introducing the the video elements of things just so i didn't have to feel a bunch of uh pressure about how it would come out or any of the mistakes that would maybe happen perhaps like the camera dying uh, about 25 minutes into this conversation the camera died and it went unnoticed for a bit and uh luckily i have all this b-roll and all of this footage from previous Dan Cable Presents associated events that have happened over the last eight years. And I was able to chop those things up and uh, place that in that gap of time, which hopefully will be kind of a cool companion as I'm uh, reflecting on 400 episodes to kind of get uh, a glimpse of maybe what those first few years looked like and, and some other moments from the podcast when I was doing a lot of studio sessions. Forrest has uh, filmed so many of those sessions, so it was really nice to have him in the room. And I've also gotten a, uh, a dummy battery. At Forrest, his recommendation was to get a dummy battery so that the, the camera never dies again during one of these, and I don't have to worry about it. So that's uh, that is already that improvement has already been made. I'm using it right now, and uh, it seems to be working well so there is a little bit of a gap but hope you enjoy that montage that that happens of uh some past moments from the podcast and uh just super appreciative of of forrest's time and and his his dedication to helping me make this thing look good also lisa hagan from the band babers past guest of the podcast and just a a great human being was also here and she captured some photos during the podcast and they came out so great. Yeah. Thanks to Lisa for being here. It was just nice to have uh, some people that I really like in the room for this conversation and um, both of them, Forrest and Lisa, just very rad people and uh, grateful for their support of this thing um what else distro kid man special shout to distro kid for sponsoring this podcast for almost three years now it's uh it's really crazy they were the first major sponsor to jump on board when i quit my day job to pursue this thing a little more full time and uh yeah their support means a lot and it's uh really huge contribution to me being able to have a space to record this thing and to you know buy new gear like cameras to to make this thing happen for the youtube and and putting out all these clips so i know i uh i show my appreciation uh, for them in every episode up top and you already heard about distro kid but uh i really do appreciate their consistent support of the podcast um Thanks to all the past guests of the podcast for your time. Um, Couldn't have done this without y'all and your contributions to the archive of conversations that has been that have been captured over the years. And um, yeah, just thank you to everybody that's supported the podcast over the years. You know, I want to just definitely thank y'all, whether you're a listener or you're just someone that has continued to support me in my life that's all uh, contributing to helping me get this thing out every single week. And uh, yeah, gotta give a special 
thanks to my my friends and my family um special shout out to my cousin max who has been listening from the beginning of the podcast and maybe goes harder for this podcast than anyone i know he's always talking to me about the conversations that have happened and he's just a consistent follower i feel like of the people that he really likes that comes on he will actually go out and and support those people and i just enjoy having uh the conversations about the podcast with him has been really cool over the years and big thanks to the strangers out there listening to those folks that consistently leave comments to me or like slide into my dms letting me know that they're listening that that is uh such huge fuel for the fire and i i continue to encourage people to to leave those comments send those emails love to hear from you love to know what you're listening to things that can go on those playlists that i'm making or you know maybe guests that you want to hear from on the show all those things are uh are very cool and i i appreciate the feedback from from all of it yeah just really wild that this has been the last eight years of my life sometimes uh it just moves really quickly so just a very cool opportunity i had to sit down with my friend aol and and talk about this thing and and the way that it has uh shaped my life and i'm excited to to share it with y'all and i uh i can't encourage you enough to pursue your ideas and put them in motion if you've got something going on up in your head and uh something you feel like you should uh chase down just go after it it's uh you just never know what the response to something is going to be or the way that it's going to make you feel once you actually put it out and it's uh it's a scary thing to you know to pursue a new idea but but sometimes it, it leads to eight years of of doing something or it um creates relationships that you did not know were even possible and i uh yeah i i don't even know where wouldn't even know where to start with all of the the things that this has uh led to in my life and the relationships that has created and and the opportunities that it has created outside of doing the podcast and just these opportunities to learn more and more about the industry side of of the music business or entertainment itself and just to consistently get to talk to people about their art is uh incredibly inspiring for me and it it's uh it's something i gravitate towards heavily especially for uh inspiring me to to keep going so thank you everybody it's uh it's a special thing to to get to do this week in and week out and i really i don't take it lightly it's a lot of work at times but i'm consistently grateful for what i get to do with this podcast and uh yeah you got to listen to me ramble for another hour and 20 minutes or so throughout this episode. So I, I feel like we should, uh, we should get into this thing and we will open up the comments on that YouTube channel to all the heathens out there to criticize my every move. It, it is, yeah, this is a whole new adjustment to, uh, to think about the, the nervous shaking of the legs, my, my, my little ticks that I will, uh, <laughs> I will see week in and week out because of this thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's all the things and we'll get in to episode 
400 of the podcast. All the links will uh, be in the episode notes so you can keep up with AOL, the Saroon Project. Um, AOL is consistently putting out music, including a new record, Oddities Volume 1, that just dropped some really killer tunes and just like a whole new dynamic being explored by AOL through that uh, that particular record. And uh, I mentioned Gil Ghoul which is the the project that AL and I talked about last on uh, the episode that we did this incredible instrumental record and uh, yeah that's it all the links in the episode notes hit subscribe on the YouTube channel let's uh let's build a, a community of, of kind comments there oh man the brutal ones are coming for sure I'm, I'm ready for it though I'm ready for it and uh love you all encourage you all to uh pursue your ideas and see what comes of it and this is it episode 400 of the dan cable presents podcast it makes moving really fun when you have a bunch of records nice heavy boxes yeah uh groovy all right you're running this thing. I'm running it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> are you ready to do it? Uh, yeah, I'm ready when you are. All right. But is, is do you my... want to introduce it or what's going on here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll probably do an intro and post, but okay. I, I I, will tell you to, to start. There has been a few other people who have brought up the idea of interviewing me. Uh-huh for this show and i've always thought that it was maybe like a cool idea but you are the first person that asked me that i trust like i (laughs) when you brought up the idea i was like oh i feel like aol will bring out like a thoughtful conversation or have thoughtful questions (laughs) Like I've just appreciated the pressure's on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've appreciated the conversations that we have on and off the mic. And, uh, it's been, yeah, really great to just get to know you over these like last couple of years because of this. Like I'm, I'm happy that you are doing this and you're like that you brought up the idea. Yeah. Cause I don't know that I would have just asked you to do it. Totally. But, yeah, I know it's it is hard, especially to like yeah, to ask somebody to interview you. Is <laughs> yeah, yourself yeah. is a weird proposition. But I know I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe toying with the idea of four hundred being the the final episode, right? Potentially, and maybe like starting something new. And I don't know. I think my mentality around it just kind of shifted over the last. Uh, I don't know, maybe like the last month or two, I've just gotten so excited again about all of the music happening around me and mm. things that we've talked about in the past of just like maybe there not being a whole lot of outlets for things to get shared on the local level. And yeah, I just can't imagine not doing this thing. Like yeah. it, it enriches my life. Like what, it, what do you think you like about it so much? Um, I think that it has allowed me to be a part of this community. Yeah. Like I came from playing in a band in Southern California and we lived in the suburbs and we would always have to drive like an Wait, hour. Where did you go? Uh Corona, California, which oh, is yeah. like Riverside County. It's like forty miles east of Los Angeles. And our band would just always have to drive out to LA yeah. to play shows. Lots of them were like pay to play type situations. 
And that's, that is not like the type of environment where you build community. So yeah, it wasn't until I came here in 2013 that I, I don't know. I felt like it was, there was an easy access point, I guess, into showing up to things and, and supporting it. And you just like quickly get to know people. And there is, there's definitely like something I love about walking into any music venue in the city and feel like I'm, I'm always going to know at least one person in that room. Yeah. If not a handful or, or more like your show the other night at the, the megalith bookstore, which was my first time going there. That was just like, yeah, just a, a great group of people showed up to that. And yeah. like a lot of people that I really, I really like. And I think there's just also, there's always going to be like this additional layer of attachment to the music that I'm seeing when I get to know these people. Totally. Like, like yourself, you know, like yeah. when, now that I've gotten to spend so much time with you, like when I see you play music, there's, I don't know, it feels more special to me yeah you feel the extension of the person and the you 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 grok it better on some level you know it's like you just the, the understanding of the intention of the person comes through because yeah and you're more forgiving of you know you, you it's nepotism you know yeah. you, you like the person so yeah you want to like the things that they do or whatever yeah and it makes me even like want to support even more yeah so what I, was your role in those kind of like earlier band experiences uh i was the the singer in our band uh-huh um i played like the, were you the like primary creative force for the band uh, or was no, it like was a collaborative a, it was more like my buddy ryan was the main songwriter mm. i would contribute lyrics um i wasn't really playing guitar too much at yeah. that time I, I i picked up a guitar when i was 14 so excited to get a guitar yeah and then i picked it up and realized that it was going to take so much work <laughs> like i just didn't feel like i had any natural ability towards I instruments at all guitar is one of those that is basically not natural for anybody you know like it, it the the way your muscles work when you pick up that instrument or it's like such a different like uh you know your fingers don't have the the calluses so it hurts initially and just like the way those muscle groups work are just not a way that anybody is used to working (laughs) dude i was just so discouraged yeah picking it up c chord you're like how do you even play or like a bar once you start barring chords yeah i just never thought that i would get my be able to get my my hands and my fingers to be able to like make these shapes yeah and so i kind of just put it aside yeah you know and then I got introduced to like my my longtime childhood friends and we played in a band for a really long time. And so I would just contribute lyrics, either like complete songs that would be all my lyrics or I would kind of help Ryan revise his lyrics that were already there. Mm-hmm. Or I would sing his lyrics that he had written for the song. Like, So it was just kind of variations of those things. And then when that band dissolved that is when i forced myself to learn how to play guitar because mm. i wanted to keep writing songs yeah and when i finally put like a little bit of time into it i was just like oh i can get better at yeah. this thing like i i can figure out how to train myself to make those shapes with my hands and, totally and that was like a really cool i think moment for me to like realize that i know it's like 
pretty common sense that if you put time into something that you will yeah but people don't like, always put the time in. get better and like it's always made sense to me on like i don't know athletically yeah. you know playing hockey all my life you know when i put the time and energy into a particular thing you get totally. better at that thing and if you like just keep trying to explore different techniques then you you know you can get better at these things and yeah. find different ways to go about them so and the, yeah the guitar the learning curve is steep but um it's also once you get past that there's kind of like a plateau that you can get to where you're like okay and now i have these like chords that are the basic building blocks of like most of the music that i've yeah. listened to in my life you know it's like they're a lot of popular music is just not that complex right. as far as har harmony is concerned so it becomes very accessible pretty quickly which is how you you know can get plenty of people singing wagon wheel to each other yeah. or whatever <laughs> that kind of i thing. think i definitely still got like <laughs> kind of trapped in the things that i felt like i had the ability to do on the guitar though and sure. like i definitely had to like push myself in a lot of different directions to like find different rhythms and different shapes on the guitar that like weren't always the same uh -huh. like three things all of the time but yeah. at least it was i finally like found a way to be able to facilitate my own lyric ideas and mm -hmm. that like finally i always like talk to these people who were like yeah there's no way that i can just like write lyrics and then find a way to apply those later mm -hmm. often it's usually you know while you're playing the the instrument that you're coming up with these melodies at the same time mm -hmm. and i never really was able to to explore music that way so it was like the yeah. first time i was kind of able to go at it with that angle was music like a thing that you were like a primary pursuit of yours that you're like this is what i kind of want to be doing at that time uh yeah i mean at least for our band like we put a lot of energy into trying to push our band like you yeah know, we spent a long time making this big studio record that we dumped a bunch of stupid money into because people didn't like weren't around to like help us advise otherwise and yeah. i think it was also just like a different time where like people didn't make a whole lot of eps people made like full-length records at that time right. so just like or have as much access to like recording on a diy level shit i'm just spilling on myself <laughs> look at this real cool guy um first time on the camera yeah, got I got, <laughs> first time being the guest on my own podcast a little nervous <laughs> um yeah but we were definitely you know like pretty active as active as we could be yeah but we were playing all these pay-to-play shows and like i said what do you think that is that, that doesn't like build why community. is that culture uh more prevalent is it just kind of like there are it's so commercial kind of like around that area that it's because that, that is my experience too where it's where you'll get these shows where it's it's not this like group of bands that kind of like put this together for yeah. themselves to um kind of like bring th all the people that they know together into the community so much as it is like th the venue has these opportunities and you show up and then th one band's audiences show up yeah. and then leave when they're done well and then especially the next band's yeah audience. when there's six artists on the bill because right. that's you get a lot of that where it's like if you don't have one of that those like second to fourth spots you're either playing the first slot to not a lot of people or you're playing the last one to nobody's nobody wants to be there at midnight anymore right and that was like the fucked up thing is all of those slots were based on how many tickets you sold 
Right. And you got that preferential treatment. If you did sell the most tickets, then you were playing that that middle prime slot when everybody's around. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of the time people weren't sticking around. That's mm. for sure. Yeah. Like to watch these other bands, you would just show up for the band you came for and then you would leave. And I I think I have found later in my life as I've met more people that actually live in LA and play shows maybe in places like Highland Park and like maybe more neighborhood stuff and not just the Hollywood venues that there was opportunity for those things, but it was too hard to break in because we didn't know any of the other bands playing. Right. You we live were, 30 miles away. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We were living too far out. And I think that the situation for those venues is like, it's, it's good business for like a place like the Roxy or the Troubadour for the nights that they don't have these major headliners coming through if they are guaranteed money from these promoters. Right. So they've kind of like put this monopoly on it almost like where they're guaranteeing the venue like, hey, there's going to be at least $5,000 in ticket sales because we got six bands and they are all signed a contract to sell 40 to 75 tickets. Mm hmm. Like that just puts them in a really great spot, but it also means that we, there were literally shows where we had to cover 20 tickets that we didn't sell. Right. So you're never making money. Yeah. Any money. I remember the, like the shows where we would make like a hundred bucks. That'd be fucking huge for us. Right. Cause it meant so many, like you sold so many tickets. Yeah. Whatever. And that was only certain places that would offer that. Like I remember when we found like there was this place in Newport beach area called Hoagie Bar Michaels. And it it became this venue that we would play a lot because it was, was like it a sandwich shop. No, no, it was this huge bar, um, and it was a it was pretty cool. And it was it would kind of became one of those places where we would play a lot because it was it was in Orange County, which was a little bit closer than L.A. for us. So it was easier easier for us to get our friends and family to go because mm -hmm. that's the other thing with this type of model. You're never building real fans yeah. outside of your friends no, and it's, family it's like multi-level marketing or something <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but that place if you sold 40 tickets or so they would give you two dollars off each of these ten dollar tickets and that was like that was amazing to us yeah. like because there were nights where we would sell like 75 to 100 plus tickets and we we're like we made 200 bucks tonight and that's yeah. amazing yeah the music industry is so opaque that it's it's hard to you know, you can you see the situations like that that are kind of like available to you and you're like, oh, I guess this is how it must be. Yeah, we didn't have any other option, <laughs> yeah. really. So like when I came to Portland, it blew my mind. When was that? In 2013. 2013. When I started going and getting to know people that were playing these shows and even playing a handful of shows I probably played on like solo shows that I played outside of open mics when someone gave me money at the end or like when I found out that there was not like this obligation that I didn't have to yeah. sign this contract. And I knew that there was like, there was a few companies trying to weasel their way into Portland doing that type of totally. thing. And maybe like the Alberta Rose yeah. that people told me about. And I was just like, yeah, you would this see that back happen. in the day, like on Craigslist a lot. I feel yeah. like where it's like, come play this show at the Crystal Ballroom. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you see the lineup of like 400 bands yeah. or whatever yeah. that are all pay to play bands. And <laughs> yeah, it was really exciting to me. To... Did you move up here for music? Uh, I moved up here just because like I had a, a shift in life. I always wanted to live somewhere else. Like it was, I don't know, just a, a desire from childhood that I would always move away from my hometown yeah. at some point and i thought it would be 
for maybe for college and that didn't really happen. I ended up going, I, I moved out of my hometown and moved 45 minutes away to live in the dorms. But I also would just go home all the time because it was too, it was so close. Yeah. You know, what and, did you go to school for? Uh, originally I went for broadcasting communications. Oh, I shit. really, I really wanted to be a success. <laughs> I wanted to be a play by play announcer for hockey. Oh yeah. So bad. But then I went to, that's, that's like, I feel like there's a couple skills like that, that are up there, like stand-up com- comedian, <laughs> or, like, bro- you know, like uh, play-by-play announcer is like yeah. such a specific. It's like an auctioneer or something. It's such yeah. a specific skill. Well, it was weird though because I went to school for this thing, and the first year of the education was more just based on general communications. It had nothing to do. Like they weren't putting you in front of a microphone. Like it had you nothing to, to do with like this type of thing yeah and i was pretty discouraged by that and also we were chasing the band things so hard that it was like i lasted for like maybe the first year yeah and decided not to go back Mm -hmm. um but yeah i just always had i always wanted to leave where i grew up Mm -hmm. i think it was like maybe an opportunity for some new growth i don't know if i like knew exactly what that meant at that time yeah but i always had family up in the pacific northwest and had visited portland a few times growing up and so this just seemed like a good spot to come since there was family up here so i wasn't going into this place that i did not know anyone Mm -hmm. but i didn't like have any definitely didn't have friends or know anything about the music scene here okay like that just all kind of happened like i just started showing up to open mics and started meeting people and started realizing that there is like a pretty like welcoming community for the most part yeah here and i was also just pretty blown away by the talent around me even at these open mics yeah and that's kind of like where the idea for the podcast even started was like i wanted i was already toying with like a few different podcasts that i had like done but nothing was like really sticking for me because like I still had what, that. Okay, what there's are still other? there's still that kid that like wanted to be the play by play announcer. Okay. So like that like or wanted to have like the radio show. So my first uh, podcast was called the Dan Cable Hour. Nice. In which I thought it was going to be really fun to just have childhood friends on to share stories. And then I kind of realized that like that was fun for me, but probably not yeah. super enjoyable for general audience maybe because none of us had any like celebrity to our name or something because like i don't know i i fell in love with the podcast medium listening to all these different podcasts but then i realized like oh well these are i'm not just listening to unknown people these are people that i'm interested either in the host themselves who is bringing these people on yeah or I'm interested in the guest. Yeah. And so what were the podcasts that were kind of like the ones that you were would like did you model yourself after these things or were they the inspirations? Uh I st- I I still go pretty hard for Mark Marin's WTF. Like that's still in the regular rotation. Yeah. Um just I just think those were the types of conversations. Yeah. That I wanted long form conversational vulnerable stuff at times. Yeah. Funny time at times. Uh Pete Holmes, you made it weird, was still is is still in the regular rotation. Like that's one that I usually try not to miss. And 
And that was like, I think he jokes often about ripping off Mark Marin's style. And, sure. and he very much like WTF is kind of the, did. One, one of the OGs. So. Uh, this may like, uh, <laughs> this is going to get me guilty pleasure. This is going to get me uh, some, some shit. Joe but Rogan. I was pretty into Rogan in the beginning, <laughs> to be honest. Like, and, and I feel like that show like significantly shifted. Uh huh. Sure. And I felt like it was a lot different and, and it all like, I mean, in all fairness, it like exposed me to so many like ideas that I wasn't like super hip to, like mm-hmm. people coming on and talking about psychedelics for two or three hours and like really made me curious about a lot of things. And he was also just bringing on like a lot of comedians that yeah. I loved. And I think something weird happened there with that. Didn't it was more exist. open-minded conversations versus proselytizing viewpoints. And yeah. Things of that nature. Yeah. It wasn't, that wasn't how the show always was. Yeah. So like, I think even talking to my buddy London, he did like the 200th episode and asked me, and I think I was still maybe like when he asked me, I was like, yeah, the the Rogan podcast for sure. Yeah. I think it was also just like the candid type of conversation yeah. that was happening too, like where it didn't feel very scripted and yeah, I was, I was like very inspired by that. Yeah. And now like it's, Heart. Plus Fear Factor is your favorite show. Yeah, I love Fear Factor. <laughs> I love Fear Factor. Um, but now it's like, that's definitely You can't like... get enough people eating bull testicles. <laughs> <laughs> what did they do in that show? Yeah, it was stuff like that. <laughs> eating bugs and, and whatnot. Sitting in a bat of snakes <laughs> or something. But like the Marin stuff is still yeah. like regular listening. The Pete Holmes. Like, yeah, those types of conversations. But then... So also, you your sports or your childhood thing, friend thing that was one attempt at podcasting yeah then my buddy and i did a sports podcast for a while and and that was cool too i think i like didn't really know how to make that as interesting as maybe i would like take a run at it now yeah i've like also done like brief episodes of hockey podcasts that i've tried yeah. to get off the ground yeah. but i don't know there seemed to be like when i started this even from episode one which is Jeez, I don't know that I could listen back yeah. to that. Um, there seems to be like this reception to it that I was like, oh, maybe this is like a cool thing that I can just talk to local artists because these are not the type of people that often get to share their story, totally. you know? And there seemed to be a lot of room for that. And yeah. It was like, I don't know. It, it seemed just as interesting to me personally to hear someone that's like very unknown to the rest of the world's musical background or like hear about like what influences their art as much as like listening to some of my favorite artists go on a show totally it seemed as valuable yeah i mean that for me i feel like with my podcast too that was kind of like one of the main motivations is that it's like we live in this culture that is so celebrity obsessed and like you're saying like there is this um like buy-in that happens as a result of that so it's like a balance of kind of like popularity versus not having popularity is like i think useful when you're kind of like building something for yourself because it's obviously if the person is popular they're going to draw some people towards or just like a a show you know you put together a bill for a show and it's nice to have a mix of like people that um are going to bring people to the show but also like this person that you think is an amazing musician that nobody's ever heard of and yeah um and it, my personal take on it is not that um 
you know the person that draws more people is like inherently like contributing something more valuable to the culture like you're saying anything like that um so much as they've for whatever reason tapped into the ability to draw these people so um and from from for myself personally having a podcast that was kind of focused on like a the creative side of of things um literally creation of songs um that uh i i personally was have been very interested in encouraging this culture is so gets so narrow with like who we think of as artists and um i just don't by any of that like I, I think everybody has a musical instinct inside of them everybody has like artistic instincts inside of them and um if they want to express those things they you know have the ability to pursue those things on whatever level and have the ability to create things that are valuable for yeah at the very least for themselves like and so i think it's it in or if you uh platform people mm-hmm. in those positions then it kind of encourages the wider audience to kind of see themselves as somebody who can make a beat or whatever yeah or do those kind of things yeah but i don't know i think definitely from the beginning i i think maybe what helped is i was really and and still try to do this thing where like I only invite people on to have conversations that I can genuinely talk yeah. about their thing. Yeah. You know, like I don't have to fake it. I yeah. don't have to pretend that I like your music. <laughs> totally. You know, if I brought, <laughs> if I asked you to come do this show, it's because like I genuinely believe in what you're doing or it has moved me or I, even if I don't maybe love the songwriting, I, I respect the musicianship. Totally. Yeah. It's like after a show, like, you you know, versus saying like, good job, like finding something that you genuinely like appreciate about what the person did on stage that you can kind of like reflect back to them. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to kind of, yeah, give this kind of like empty praise or, or I feel like if you do start inviting guests that are, um, not in your kind of like um wheelhouse or whatever or you just only for um this like cynical reason of like maybe this person will like bring an audience to me or something like that then it yeah it it just ends up adding this layer of cynicism to your art which is like this podcast yeah for sure and i just love like all kinds of music and i think maybe I started this podcast like at the right time for myself where I was like really open to maybe other kinds of music that I, I didn't really have an understanding for yet. Mm. Like I started this right around the time I got more open and into jazz and like Mm -hmm. electronic music. And, Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like, I don't know. I think I maybe became the right person to be able to share a bunch of different genres of music too. Mm. Like I wasn't just going to talk, to the singer songwriters like i love rap music i'm gonna bring on the local rappers and yeah. like i'm going to talk to the djs and the yeah. people making the weird experimental music and yep. but also like the straight ahead pop music too yeah and portland music i feel like has also only gotten more diverse in that regard like yeah. it just feels like it's open like when i first moved here it really felt like it was like an indie rock town you yeah. know i don't know how what your experience yeah, yeah. was it of, i think of i that. think that was pretty like 
similar. Yeah. There's a lot of like the indie DIY garage stuff, the yeah. psychedelic rock. And, yeah. But yeah, it blows me away. Like how much you could go find any genre of music in this city and find somebody that's doing it yeah. on a really high level in like my opinion, I guess. But so yeah. when you started the podcast, then was that that you were like, this is my thing now? Yeah, I think it slowly became that, you know, it, I just loved it so much. Like it felt like, you know, like it, it, it still makes me somewhat uncomfortable sometimes that maybe people do view me as media in the uh -huh. city because like, to me, this is like my art. Yeah. It replaced making music yeah. in a lot of, like, I don't really like make much music and if i do play music it's usually just like on my own time for me kind yeah. of thing well you do it all yourself too so that that obviously yeah takes <laughs> yeah it a takes lot a lot of time time behind, too. beyond this element of it but it filled a similar like hole i guess totally like it it just uh well, conversations are like jazz man. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah just like getting my reps in and like figuring yep. out how to facilitate a conversation in a way that hopefully like brought out good things and did people. you feel like you had a natural like ability with that already or was it kind of, were you kind of feeling like i i really need to like learn how to do the host thing or the i think that like i've always maybe felt confident in some way uh -huh. as far as hosting something like like I mean, when you heard those you know marin or whatever where you're like oh i could do that Maybe like yeah. I think I've always like enjoyed like sitting and talking with somebody for a couple hours, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe talking about a, a very wide range of things. Like, I, I mean, that's why I love doing the podcast. Like, it, there's nothing better than like trapping my favorite artist <laughs> in a room for a couple hours and then like getting to talk with them because they yeah. it, like again, like changes the attachment, but it also like changes the dynamic of our relationship when i see these people at a show totally like it's not i'm usually not just like one of the people that's like oh good show it's like right hey like we actually we kind of know each about, other we, yeah. we talked about why things you hate your mom or whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like i think that i felt like there was a little bit there like there was more natural ability there than me picking up a guitar for the first uh -huh. time <laughs> and also like i think i felt like maybe it wasn't as fine-tuned as it is now maybe but i think because i was really trying to study the music in some way of anybody that i was bringing on i felt like i was hopefully bringing good questions mm. or or i i knew that it was very important to me to not ask questions that were applicable to everyone necessarily mm -hmm. or like these very stock the ones that ever, questions yeah. why why did you come up with this name for your band or whatever i almost <laughs> never asked that question there's very few times that i've asked and it's like usually because of a like a reason yeah um and maybe those questions can be more interesting for yeah. certain types of people it's also like if you are a relatively unpopular band you probably haven't been asked the stock questions as much also. That is also true. <laughs> but yeah, like I think always trying to have some sort of model that made it. I wanted the people that were coming on and I still obviously want this now to know that I put the time in hmm. like that. I wasn't just 
bringing you on to ask you these questions that I didn't put a lot of thought into. Yeah. Like I want to be able to dive deep if, yeah. if it allows for that. Yeah. Or I'm just feeling a little exposed because I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that I want them not to feel like I care, but I, uh, I don't preparation. I think Marin is also this, of this way a little bit. Kind of like yeah. it's not necessarily. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely like musicians. Like I'll listen to their music ahead of time. But you really seem like you maybe have even developed a, a kind of different way of listening to stuff. Where now you're kind of like thinking about like how you're going to engage with the person as a result of the music dude yeah you can't <laughs> every time i'm at a show now i'm usually making notes yeah yeah i can't i can't not make notes yeah because i'll be like oh this is like probably a good thing to talk to this person about mm. you know and mm -hmm. whether it's mentally or or physically like i probably like look rude a lot because i'm like no way. making my notes <laughs> while i'm like watching this person well, perform. Like, oh, he's just a journalist or he's i just look like a fucking nerd <laughs> like that like if anybody's poking over my shoulder i'm like oh i love, At least you're I not love like me. that I have, a, I have a physical notepad so, <laughs> so you look like a journalist <laughs> yeah. i just look like i'm on my phone <laughs> and i'm just like oh during the third song in that set when you switch to the other guitar like that was a moment yeah <laughs> but well, like, that's similar to like how uh, you know a songwriter or whatever like anybody a comedian you know if you don't write down these ideas like they do just kind of yeah. like go away so yeah you know. i mean that's always also been super important to try to see someone's band or their performance live before mm. having the chat if possible yeah. it doesn't always work out that way yeah but it does shape the conversation a lot like seeing the live performance How, so do you do you feel though like the way you listen to music has maybe changed as a result of the podcast um or only or only if you're kind of like listening to the music for the podcast then yeah maybe it's things. it's more like listening with that intent of knowing someone's coming on but yeah. i think even maybe with like some of my the people on my bucket list when i'm listening to their records there's there's little things happening for me even yeah. if i'm like never going to talk to them i'm like oh, i want to know about this mm. or like yeah i i just know i'm and your maybe, brain's starting to just kind of go in that direction yeah and maybe more specific for the artists with more substantial followings that do have the opportunity to do more press mm -hmm. i feel like i always want to find something the that thing. they haven't been asked before or that's not on their press release yeah or find a <laughs> find a way to expand because that's that's some shit i usually don't do yeah is i will not in the that mark Marin spirit i don't want to read a bunch of stuff totally that has been written about you before yeah. because i don't want to ask questions i already know the answer to yeah like i think that maybe there's an art to that too as far as like finding the thing in that paragraph that i can expand upon and that feels different and yeah. there have been moments where i'm like oh thank god i read a couple things because this really informed where i was going to take the conversation yeah so it's like finding the balance between those things. But yeah, I don't want to like read a press release and then be like, so what, what was uh, your first Lead instrument? And you answer. like already kind of know, like, yeah, I don't know. There's right ways to do that as well. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Just uh, always trying to let people know that I listened to their music mm -hmm. and I care about it on a deep level and like maybe having having a lot of notes for sure 
but not being attached to them Mm -hmm. of like that the conversation has to go this way. It's kind of more just like if, if I need to rely on these notes, like hopefully I don't need to. And only I'm only using them to like reference specific things. Like when you and I did the Gilgul episode, like I want to be able to like say the title of the song to prompt you to talk about this song, obviously. But like, hopefully I don't have to use the notes a lot, but sometimes you do because people are bad at talking. Yeah, there are. I mean, we're you and I are both like have this experience of like talking to a lot of local artists where maybe it is their first time talking yeah. on a mic and they're they're a little shy or like it's hard to get people to talk about themselves sometimes and they're not comfortable with it. So, yeah, it's that's when you really learn about not having a bunch of questions that can be answered with yes or no totally that'll shape some things for you <laughs> you go through everything you're like 10 minutes in and you're like i got nothing <laughs> yeah because because i'm always gonna like after one of those episodes i'm gonna blame myself yeah for not ha- asking the right questions totally and i think that there is some it's, accountability being a gracious host i think there's some like accountability that yeah. you should take in those situations but yeah sometimes it is because those that person didn't didn't have a lot to say yeah or they were a little shy yeah so so sometimes it is on them yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that has definitely made me think about how i shape my notes and my questions i'm like oh man this is not good this can be answered with yes or no yeah and reflecting back and listening back to that episode i'm like yeah i asked a lot of those questions so Mm. that was kind of on me what were the early experiences like with doing the podcast where did you feel like a lot of momentum as you were kind of like building the thing um well there's like number one i had this very punk rock mentality of it that we hit record and everything stayed in oh yeah the joe rogan way yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) exactly and then i realized fucking Marin's definitely doing having some editing done to these these parts of the conversations that weren't interesting totally so like that definitely was something that was happening in the beginning where you know maybe these unnecessary moments or questions that led nowhere Mm -hmm. were left in and um the you were doing like live performances too early on right i was trying to do that that kexp model Uh was was so big because i was doing all studio sessions pretty much like the first 75 episodes i would say like 50 out of the 75 were all studio sessions every once in a while i was meeting like touring bands at the venue yeah but everything was pretty much done at this studio and there would be uh three songs performed throughout the thing yeah which i found later like i i think that was really cool yeah i would love to have some element of live performance again yeah but i would never try to do the interview at the same time Mm -hmm. i think it was too distracting all the like i think the maybe the artists at times were too worried about what things were sounding like musically Mm -hmm. to be locked into a conversation. Mm. So like, I just found that there was, there was way more freedom when I got rid of that situation and was just sitting down and talking with people. And then I could still reference the music. It kind of left things a little more open-ended where like at that time. And even when I stopped doing the studio sessions and was just doing the interviews, I would find, like I would play a song at the beginning to yeah. kick off the episode, which I always still do. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> and then I would find like a natural break, 
not not natural break i guess <laughs> like i would find a way somewhere in the middle of the conversation to be like all right now we're gonna hear this song from you and then that would play and we'd go back to the conversation yeah but then i just started realizing that like that was just kind of interrupting things uh-huh. and if i was referencing these songs anyways and we weren't doing the live sessions that right. i could just bring these songs in whenever i wanted to and that was like a big game changer because that was like when I got to flex like the production skills and I got totally. to create moments, which became my favorite thing. It becomes it, more of an art form. Yeah, it wasn't until the pandemic that I thought that that was going to be more useful because I was doing so much stuff remotely mm-hmm. and there was so much like bullshit to like account for like zoom delays yeah. and talking over each other. Yeah. And if we were on separate feeds, then I could just like remove my voice mm-hmm. from me talking over somebody or yeah. I could remove the, I, I know there is the, kind of a magic in that. I, I, I like, you know, like just people stumbling over words. Like I could just make it a more enjoyable conversation through the production. And that didn't like happen until the 200th episode or whatever where I was like really leaning into the editing and like realizing that I could just make something that like flows really well. And that's, what's most enjoyable. And it doesn't need to be this super punk rock mentality of like we hit record and that's whatever is said is said. And yeah, cause yeah, it's just like not that interesting listening to a question that leads nowhere. Yeah. We just talked about how like right now it feels like there's this kind of like vacuum. There, there isn't kind of like these like go-to places that people go to for music journalism necessarily in town right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, although there are more and more, it seems like like individuals kind of like creeping into those spaces these mm-hmm. days. Um, but when you started, there definitely were um, kind of like these established, you know, there's like the, the the couple of weeklies there's like you know an established like yeah. music journalism magazine and stuff like that vortex was pretty prominent yeah, then 11, and 11 was going yeah there, there are a couple of things that were kind of like yeah fairly and i know, know i know to. 11 is trying to make a return nice which is great like i i hope like at the very least i know that they're trying to become more active on social media sharing what shows are happening and i yeah. think even small things like that are yeah. beneficial it's great but, yeah um, but at the time where you like, did you feel as you were starting up, like you were kind of like creating a space for yourself or did you always kind of like feel like this kind of like outsider outside of that kind of, you know, go to space? No, I think, I think I felt like I was like creating my own space, but I also, I don't know, for some reason, my mentality was always that those things could all benefit one another instead of seeing them as competition. And I got really lucky with like someone like Chris Young who founded Vortex Music Magazine. Man, he championed my shit so hard. Nice. And like that was that was so nice because like I looked up to him a lot. And like I felt like he built something that was like a big contributor to the culture. Yeah. And they were doing a lot of cool things and and he would just, you know, let me spotlight the podcast however I wanted to. Like, if I wanted to do a write-up for one of the episodes, he would let me put it in. Because, like, I also have somewhat of a journalism background. I like writing a lot. Yeah. And that was just, like, ended up being an easy companion to, like, the episodes that I was dropping. Totally. And I was maybe able to expand upon certain things. Maybe do what I do in an introduction of an episode. Like, yeah. A little more extensively and man yeah i i give chris like a lot of 
phrase still now like he just like gave me opportunities like he is the reason that i got to start hosting all of the pickathon interviews for them Mm -hmm. like he put my name in the hat for things like that but yeah so like i felt like i was creating my own thing but i wanted to try to collaborate as much as possible like i think i wanted to let everybody know that at least on my end i didn't see the other things as a threat or competition totally like it all just felt like well we all need our things to grow so that they continue to grow yeah it doesn't like especially if we're covering like a lot of the same artists or something like yeah yeah so i don't i don't know that i think it all always felt like yeah building my own thing but wanting to contribute to the other things if possible yeah or like very open to sharing my things on other platforms if possible and um what do you think has kept you kind of going the whole time? Good habit, question. Habit. <laughs> Number one is like it's become like a a discipline thing. Yeah. I think for myself to to see how many weeks I can do yeah. of this consecutively. Like, still haven't missed a week since July of 2016 when I went to like a weekly format. Yeah, and so I think like it's a personal thing. Like, I don't think anybody listening is going to be like, what the fuck? Like the episode didn't come out this week. Yeah. But it's like, uh, for me, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's been good structure. I think for my life of like figuring out Mm -hmm. how to knock this thing out Mm -hmm. each week. And I think it's helped me in a lot of ways, like know that, like discipline can be a good thing for your life in in some ways. And, but the other thing is that I've just, I love having the conversations yeah. and I, and there's no shortage of great music happening in this city. Yeah. So it's easy to like continue to find inspiration. And like, I just want to see how far I can kind of like push this thing and how, how I can get better at it. And, how I can feel even more comfortable when I do get to talk to like some bucket list artist of mine when I'm sitting in the room with them and hopefully not just like freaking out the whole time. Yeah. And like, and yeah. Those, do you feel that when you're having conversations, you ever had those moments where you're just kind of like too outside of yourself, looking yeah. at yourself, looking at, I think it happened more early on. Like I think, um, episode 13 was one of my first opportunities to talk to a bigger band and that happened too early for me uh-huh. where I'd like just kind of fanboyed and like I I had a much better conversation with that it band the Chris Farley <laughs> that was awesome yeah 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 <laughs> like I was just like yeah your music's cool <laughs> I had like I had one of those experiences where I had this really great conversation about the band with their manager before getting to talk to the singer of the band Uh and then it like yeah and then i just kind of fanboyed and it wasn't my finest work yeah like now i think i'm i feel like i've done this so much like i still get nervous Uh for sure before episodes yeah you know before recording sometimes i get i get nervous or like i get that feeling of anxiety where i'm kind of like i hope they cancel and then like after (laughs) i'm just like i can't believe i wanted that to not happen yeah that kind of thing but yeah it's definitely i think 
with doing this 400 times, like I feel pretty comfortable and I feel usually pretty prepared. So yeah. there's not a lot to be anxious about, but yeah. it's still weird when it's like someone that you've been listening to for years and you're finally talking to them and mm-hmm. you have to just like realize that they're just a person Yeah, and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, to, uh, I mean, I guess I wonder what that is sometimes like that, that kind of like, I guess it is that kind of like cult of personality or something. You've created the psycho, whatever parasocial relationship with the person already. Yeah. And have these expectations of what they're going to act like. Well, and it's just like you, you connect with people differently too, right? Like sometimes there's this instant chemistry with these people. Yeah. And sometimes there's not, and it takes a lot of work to, it's not until 20 minutes into the interview where you feel like, all right, now we're now we're hitting on something. Mm-hmm. So, but you were you you have thought about quitting? You said, or, or I don't I don't know if that was before we were talking on the mics, but yeah, I was trying to. Fi- I think I was maybe just trying to like figure out if there was like the next thing, just like any artist that's like maybe they totally. start a new band or yeah. something, but. It seemed like you were going through some like life shifts in yeah. general also around the, when you were thinking about that kind yeah. of stuff too. But I think that, I don't know, man, this is like, this is currently, and I guess has been for the last better part of like 10 years almost that this is the way I know how to contribute to community, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. And like, it still feels good to yeah. be doing that. And I you know, I want to keep doing that. Yeah. You know what? There's still plenty. Of, there's a whiteboard over there that fell <laughs> down earlier. Like there's a list of artists on there that I really want to have on this podcast still. And yeah. like, I feel like there's a lot that can still be done. And as we lose more and more resources to have journalism or like outlets to spotlight this music community or art community, like I want to, I want to make sure that I'm still contributing to that if I still have the energy to do it. And, yeah. I, and I feel like I do. You know? Yeah. I think that there was like a lot of thought and maybe like I'll maybe as more video stuff happens, I will do what I talked about and maybe go down to two episodes just because there's going to be more work for me to do. Or maybe mm-hmm. I'll be able to find people that can help me because that's the other thing is that I'm doing this all by myself. It would be different if I was not also editing totally. every single episode just sit and, down like, the mics and doing the social media. Yeah. If I was just showing up and doing the podcast and then someone else took care of all that shit, then it would probably also put me in a different space. And I hope, could you let them know? That's the other thing. I don't know that I could, I don't know. I, I After do doing it so long yourself. Well, it's just like anybody, like anybody making their own record that like makes their own artwork and yeah. you, you have a different attachment to those things. Yeah. But I do, I think I do aspire to have like a a crew or at least maybe even one person in the future because there's other things I want to do with my life. Totally. Or, or there has to be, man, I quit my day job almost three years ago to do this like full time. Yeah. And I think yeah, like I'm, I'm proud that I have been able to sustain that for so long. Yeah. But like I can't get by on what i'm getting by on now for the rest of my life right so like there there's going to come a time where like i do need probably help to figure it out in a way where i can keep pumping out the same amount of content 
you know? Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I think it's more of like the other labors that made me think about stopping doing this. Cause I still have the passion. Like I love, I'm not going to just stop loving music. Totally. And I still love that feeling, especially with like newer people like it's been so important to me to not get pigeonholed into these people that i have known in the scene for like five years yep and it was really coming out of the pandemic like the lockdown shit that really re-energized me in general Uh like i was meeting all these new artists in town and it's like really important to me that i keep my my ears open to these newer people coming up and maybe it's not like after their first show like i want to make sure that they're yeah they're hanging around but if like someone's making a new record i probably want to talk to them about it so like there's going to be no shortage of that and i don't want to like always be only talking to this this network of people or totally like yeah Yeah, i love that That, i feel like that's that is something that as a musician people it's easy to get you know you only you know these certain people or whatever and it's so easy to kind of like be like okay this is like i'm in i'm a part of this small you know community or whatever but portland in particular has just such like i was saying earlier like a wide range of people doing such different things that it's fun to be able to like branch out and be able to like explore these different things or set up shows with somebody who's like sound maybe is like a little different than yours or something like that but might still have you know the same energy around music that you have or yeah there's just always this new pocket of people that i have not met before Mm -hmm. or and like some of those people have been doing it for a really long time like as i get to know people more that even that you're connected to like someone like mike gamble like Mm -hmm. i've known about like mike's work but now i'm like slowly starting to get to know mike a little bit and i'm like this dude's been doing this for a really long time like i gotta get mike on the podcast yeah or like farnell newton just did the podcast recently that dude's like a legend of this city to me, like as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. like for like what he's contributed and like what his his kind of uh, his resume uh, prior, you know, and like I've been wanting to have him on the podcast for a really long time, but it just like just recently happened. So there's like so many older heads and newer people are obviously always entering. Yeah the scene so it seems like you're also kind of um starting to steer in the direction also of like music not not just performance artists but like people that are kind of in the broader music scene yeah i want to talk to like the people running labels and i want to talk to photographers and like anybody that's like adjacent like i don't know i want to talk to people about their art like especially Mm -hmm. the people that do this like with a majority of their time or you know that are consistently putting things out you know or like even people that like work at venues or tour managers and stuff like that i think all of it is interesting to me so Mm -hmm. as long as that is true then i'm like down to jump on the mics you know it might not be for everybody you know there might be some nerding out on a level that people don't always appreciate but (laughs) i think i'm like always trying to at least find a way to like you gotta alienate humanize. Audience, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to find ways to like humanize the guests so that there is something to latch up onto. Cause uh-huh. like that was, that's like a big reason that I love doing the podcast is like, I love going to see the singer songwriters that do talk about their songs. It's yeah. like why I felt like for Isabel's music, you yeah. know, she's like such a good outside of her amazing tunes. Like 
she's always this person that exposes a lot about her songwriting when she has the opportunity to. Yeah. And those moments have been so important to me as far as like me having something else to attach to. So like when you have an hour to do that type of thing or two hours to just like talk to somebody, hopefully something in there, even if somebody doesn't love the music going into it, maybe they find something in that conversation that like makes them want to support this person, even if it wasn't like necessarily their vibe. Right. And that's, I feel like that's why, yeah, it only have on people that you can, that you actually care about in that way because then you can find you already have those in you so you can help show that to other people exactly yeah why, why do you th- why music like why do you feel like that is the thing that you went towards with this whole thing um just big music lover as like about early it? memories of you know being in the car with my dad i just seem to like latch on to specifically latch on to lyrics like really early on and mm was just singing in the car at a very early age i have this like very vivid memory of my dad my dad loved music he never really like played it but he was always playing music like very loudly at home or in the car and i remember him showing me this very specific moment in this this live phil collins record and like phil is still my ride or die all right to the day um but I remember him showing me this like really specific like drum break moment. And I think that like even at an early age, like sunk in there a bit, you uh-huh. know, like maybe. And you know, it wasn't, I don't even <laughs> think it was the in the air tonight thing, but th- it was like a very similar moment. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was just like something about that, that had an impact on me. Uh-huh. And, and it always, I always like as a younger person, felt pretty like emo i guess like in a way that like i used these things to process the world around me like Mm. even if it wasn't my words you know i would really rely upon these things that like helped me understand the world or like deal with the world in some way yeah and it's just incredibly you know it's moving to me yeah like i go to a performance and a lot of times like I have a pretty emotional response to it. And like, that might be like a super fun band that makes me want to dance and like, or like a punk band. That's like, I, I'm still jumping in the circle pit, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, nice. Like I want, like I, I, I love that just as much as going to see a very like emotional, intimate performance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just, I don't know. There's still a lot of, there's so much magic in it to me yeah. and, and just when you, especially now that I've gotten like this insight on so many different people's processes, like it feels even more magical mm. to me, you know? What do you mean? I think to just like get to know someone like yourself and then see you perform. I'm just like, I can't believe <laughs> like you're able to do this thing. Like, and that you're, that you're inspired to create things like this, and uh-huh. inspired to create, or, um, you and I have both had the pleasure of like, you know, you, you're obviously like, you're playing on this record, but those two weeks at Ryan's studio, like making Isabeau's new record, like just to observe that shit mm-hmm. was like, that, that was easily like the two, two of the best weeks of my year, yeah. you know, like that it was incredible and yeah. just to like listen to 
everybody's thoughts on things and how everybody is trying to contribute. And yeah, there's just a lot of magic. The triumph all of, of the human spirit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like inspired by these people, whether it's their, whether it's their full-time job or whether it's something they just do on the side, these people, especially as we get older, the people that continue to feel like they have to make time totally. to make their art. Yeah. You know, I think is just incredibly inspiring yeah. to me. And, uh, I was just talking to this dude, slick devious, who's a, a local rapper. And he was, he was talking about how maybe if you aren't a creative type or feel like you need to create all the time, even if you have a full-time job that maybe you don't, have as much perspective of how finite our time is here yeah and that hit pretty heavy too of just like yeah this is like i don't know not to feel like i'm going to like leave behind this incredible legacy or something but i do think it's rad that if the (laughs) the digital age holds up over time that there's going to be at least 400 episodes for someone to look back upon and like i like I want to keep making things to document my life in some way. Yeah. And this seems like a, a pretty fun way to get to do it when Mm -hmm. I get to like champion someone else's thing too. Totally. That, that is also, uh, you know, even if you're of the kind of like in like a cynical mindset, like it, it, it's part of what like creative community is about is kind of like propping other people up. And I feel like you can even, you you know obviously develop like this whole thing for yourself yeah. like that all revolves around like helping other people or yeah even just yeah like you're saying earlier like going to shows is just like such a valuable contribution because the musicians need somebody to play for yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know taking pictures at shows or whatever just saying nice things to people or anything like that is just like such a val even if the, like that's the only thing you do if you do it over and over again you ended up that's a, you know I, I personally as like an introvert like I you know don't I'm not necessarily like at shows like talking to people and having like these like I don't really go to shows to socialize like I go to shows to see the music yeah and oftentimes like I'll just go to the show and like leave like without yeah. having talked to anybody but you know you do that enough times and like you end up being like a person that goes to shows so right. that people like recognize in the community and is like contributing in that way and um yeah just the act of doing something like that over and over again is just the positive way to contribute yeah it's i mean it's there's definitely a lot of like selfish elements to it for totally. myself you know like i just love being there and i do like i don't know i thrive in social environments yeah. you know i like I think a lot of that is maybe like watching the way that my my grandma has like moved through the world. She's mm. just like this person that I look up to so much. And I remember even going to her house at a young age and we would walk around town and she just seemed to know everybody. Mm. You know, she was just that person. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And not like as a popularity thing. Like she totally. seemed to like people were like, there's Winnie. Oh, my God. Like. And they were excited about seeing her. Happy to see her. Yeah. yeah. And and to this day, like, she moved to Portland, Oregon in in her, you know, late 70s. Yeah. And she has found a way to do that here, too. And, (laughs) like, that's even more impressive to me. Right. That she could do it at an older age. Yeah. You know? And 
you yeah, you can contribute without it's like you don't have to do these like large acts of contribution you know it can just be these small ways of showing up for the people around you over and over again and it can have such a positive effect on other people's lives just because you are a positive presence you know randomly in their life like not best friends with them not you know like close or anything like that but just like a positive force yeah absolutely and it's crazy man like i have i've created like some of my my deepest friendships is because i did this stupid podcast yeah you know like it's it's completely changed the trajectory of my life Like, like when i think about my closest friends, they're all people I've met because I showed up to do this thing or showed up to the shows. Yeah. And it's like mind blowing to me that like close friends with like even someone like yourself where I like just really like appreciate your you as like a creative mind, but like then getting to know you as like a person. And yeah. Like, like those things are special to me. Everybody in this room, like <laughs> like Lisa is like a newer friend and Lisa is here taking photos. She plays in a band called Babers and, and she's amazing. But she, I, I feel like she and I like connected very quickly because I feel like we're kindred spirits in the sense that we love like community and like love the social, like social aspects of it. Like we will go to a show and, and like see the music, but also find some time to talk and like I, I love that. Like, there's, yeah. and then I get to like meet her circle of people, and like Forrest is here, and like I've known this dude for like eight years now. He shot like we were talking about it earlier. He was like when he started filming when we were doing those studio sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like episode thirty, and I've known him ever since. And like I, it's like someone I will go out of my way to like try and keep up with whether there's like a project to talk about or not like I just like enjoy that that presence you know and like I like love to catch up every once in a while and like he happened to get to be on my video crew for a pickathon like last year and like that was just like oh this is fucking so cool like so serendipitous that it's you that gets to be this person someone that i'm like yeah super comfortable with and i like, feel like we can just have fun yeah and like also inspired that this dude is like still doing all of this video work and constantly like finding different avenues to like do those things and like and is someone that's like willing to come here and and help me too because yeah. that's like been that's the thing I have to like continue to be better at is like asking for help with all these things because I am doing it by myself and like, yeah, I'm just like really appreciative of the relationships that have been created because of this. And I know that's only, I think the coolest thing about those things, it's like not just about me showing up. It's about both of these people showing up to do the thing. Yep. You know, collaboration. That's that's yeah. And it's like a different form of collaboration. Yeah. You know, like, you and I only meet if we were both going after things we were passionate about. Yeah. And that's fucking like, that's the magic. Totally. That shit's special to me. And uh, yeah, I love what you're saying too, about kind of like people that have been doing it for a long time too, is like it, I feel like, and this is where you're at too with this, obviously having done 400 of these, like you can, you see people that are kind of like consistent in that way. And they, I feel like become, beacons for other people to um 
look at and be like, okay, this is a way of life that it's like I was saying earlier about kind of like encouraging a culture where people are pursuing their art or whatever, even if regardless of the um, notoriety, it's like there are plenty of examples, especially in Portland where so many people have art as a way of life um, where they've just been doing this because that is their identity their you know their passion whatever (laughs) connection they have with the thing is driving them and then the younger people can look at that as an example of a way to possibly do it themselves by just persisting yeah and like by way of all this stuff like i'm by no means an expert in the music industry but because of all of this i've had like a lot of exposure to different facets of the industry right and it means so much to me that you know Someone will hit me up and they'll be like, hey, can I just come through and we we talk about my new record that's coming out and just get your ideas about maybe not just the music, but like how I'm going to roll it out. And like, mm. it's just like crazy to me that someone would even yeah. ask me to be a part of that process. Yeah. And I love it. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's And I just feel, yeah, um, fortunate or blessed to even be like have the opportunity to be in those types of rooms or mm-hmm. be be asked to be you know be requested that my presence is yeah. there or like someone even thought of well it makes you realize how much you know music is this way but it, it kind of is the world that feels like this way where it's like the people that you think are experts are also just figuring it out all the time for themselves yeah. there aren't like clear paths towards one specific goal there's not like one way to do the thing themselves and you have expertise because you've just been doing this over and over again and you have some exposure and experience with these things yeah and i think i've always been like a pretty compassionate person but this has made like made me even more compassionate and just made like made me realize how important perspective is and especially like trying to create something that's that is like very inclusive yeah. like not only genre wise but just like the different types of people coming on and then like getting closer to those people even if it's that two-hour conversation maybe they like make me realize how important this representation is or like this particular issue in the world and like when you have those opportunities i think it's like it's easier to understand those things mm-hmm. or like want to care about them too. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's like when I think about it, cause often it is the, it's a, it's a little bit of a blur putting out an episode every single week totally. and doing it by myself. And you could, I mean this many episodes you can be like, you could forget <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you had people on that you've already had on. I mean, luckily I think like doing the editing yeah. myself is like I'm thankful that I'm doing the editing because often that's my opportunity to listen to the conversation because right. you know about like you're half like you're, in it. you're trying to be in the conversation, but you're also trying to lead a conversation. Yeah. So there's a little bit of like headspace that has to be what's next in that realm of things. So often like the editing process is where I get to like really listen. Yeah. And uh, I know sometimes yeah. you like hear something and you're like, oh, I didn't even listen to what the person said yeah. earlier or they, they like sneak a comment by you that yeah. was like funny or something yeah. and you didn't even realize <laughs> it or... <laughs> yeah but it's like those because it is so fast paced and always churning out the next one yeah like in reflecting back on this time like i just yeah i'm just kind of like in disbelief sometimes how much this is like 
shaped me as a person mm. like the things i do care about yeah. in the world yeah. are like really attached to this thing and it has nothing to do with the music all of like totally at times you know it's just the people that i have encountered yeah so uh, what's next dan <laughs> i guess like episode 401 <laughs> You know, I'm just like, is there anything that you're particularly like excited about as far as the way that you're kind of moving forward with stuff? Or? I mean, the video stuff is exciting to me to yeah. like have this new challenge of, um, you know, for people that don't know, I have this new studio space, which feels like a, a real like move in the right direction. Working from home was cool, but it's hard for me to stay focused. So I've already like found that I'm yeah. like being more productive, but going to the office. I want to keep like learning more about this industry and how we, how I can, you know, contribute to the growth of these things that I believe in. Cause like, I obviously like, I can't help every band that I think is great in Portland, but like for the people that I am working with, like more closely with and more regularly, I want to like keep figuring out the right ways to propel those things yeah. for sure yeah and there's so much it's so easy there it's so much easier to be kind of like self-guided in those ways rather than feel like you have to like attach yourself to an arm of the industry or something yeah. right now so there's a lot of potential for individuals to figure it out for themselves yeah and like i said there's like um there's a lot of bands and artists that i still like have been wanting to talk to for a long time whether they're in the city or like these folks that I've been following for a long time that maybe I feel like I could take a shot with and, and hopefully like continue every once in a while to jump on the mics with a hero of mine or, yeah. or, or something like that. But I think like for the most part, it's just like I want to figure out how to continue to stay connected to this community that like I feel so fortunate to be a part of and like figuring out how I can keep building it you know, yeah. in ways and like keep bringing people together and i hope that i can like keep connecting more live shows like i i like curating those types of things yeah. and like yeah just figuring out how to create sustainability i guess is like the next thing mm -hmm. or i guess that's always a thing that's happening but totally how do i create sustainability for this thing that i i obviously care about a lot and have put eight years into um yeah so 400 400 400 more it's wild that's how you do it just 400 feel <laughs> yeah, like I a, think a, I'll, a different number than the other milestone numbers um is it like the 40 of podcasting i mean i think it's it feels i think every time even though i don't necessarily like i know it's just another number yeah like, I think these ones that are end with two zeros at the end always feel significant just because it means that I've done it for another two years. Right. And like, that's, it's a long time. It's a long time. You know? To do something weekly. Yeah. And that part I don't think about a lot. Yeah. I think it's like, oh yeah, this would be like if, I mean, there are different art forms, but it would be like if I was writing a song every week for eight years yeah. like I'm, I'm definitely putting in that amount of time when you think about an hour to a two-hour conversation and maybe the three four hours that goes into editing and, yep. and then all the social media bullshit that i have to like contribute to 
as well and trying to eat tuna sandwiches <laughs> regularly like it's uh so i think that there is something more significant there and i think it will continue to be like moving forward just means that i made it another week i mean i think you know i i, I hope that there's an episode 500 yeah <laughs> you know and i, I don't know if i it seems like you're that, on track. like a month ago yeah or two months ago right but i think that seems like a very cool goal to like do it for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, maybe I can retire, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'd also be fun to maybe like produce someone else's podcast. I think that's like a, a big goal too. It's nice. Like get to remove myself from the process or, yeah. or like make content, Use your expertise in a different way kind of. Yeah. Or, or make like video content that removes me from the conversation and maybe I'm asking questions off camera. Yeah. Like Forrest and I made a documentary, a short, a short, like a long time ago. And I think that that was like a whole different experience that I thought was really cool because you get to like, that's when the editing really comes into play and you don't have to just be on yeah. the whole time. Like there's room for like, well, I talked to this person like an hour ago and it was fine. But then I talked to him the next day and really got some great shit. You yeah. Know, and like doing things like that. So nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you so much you. for yeah. doing this with me. Yeah. Like, again, I, I, I felt like I feel really good about this conversation. I hope you do, too. And you did what I thought you would do, you know, like whether you prepared for it or not. <laughs> I think that like you. I mean, I prepared for it by, you know, I've listened. I listened to your podcast. Yeah. I've known you for We've a gotten while. to know so. each other the last couple of years. And um yeah, I can't thank you enough for like being thank you willing, like just even bringing up the idea to me when you knew that I was whether I was going to wrap it at 400 yeah. or keep going. I, I think it's nice because everything is so fast paced and I did it 300. I did like a solo episode and tried to do something along these lines. Yeah. But I think this brings out different aspects of that. Like, yeah. So well, I'm honored. I'm very appreciative of you. It's been yeah just so nice to get to know you like more and more you through too. our interactions on and off mics and your incredible musician like Thanks, buddy. getting to see your solo set the other night was was really nice and yeah i just always look forward to, to seeing you whether it's to play music or just to hang out and have some coffee or yeah. whatever same so well you know how you sign off right I think so. <laughs> Is it like it's a program, <laughs> and then we play it out with music that I don't know what the You're music is going to. I have to write a song now. <laughs> I'm gonna write a song for this. Um, uh, thank you to Lisa and Forrest for being here. Thank you guys so much. Oh, yeah. I, like appreciate you guys so much just for taking your time to be here today. This means a lot, and uh, yeah, I'm sure maybe I'll hopefully not ramble too much in the intro but just for <laughs> for all the people that have uh like listened for a long time that's really fucking cool or if you're like a new listener to the show like there's uh i know that i've sacrificed a lot of time to like make sure that this always comes out and so just appreciative like of anybody that has supported this thing over the years and in, in whatever facet that might be of yeah. just like donating their time or like all of, I mean this is like the type of thing that I couldn't have done alone yeah, you know totally like there's nearly 400 I know there's like some repeats like you've done it a couple times but like there's probably at least 300 people 
that have come on this show. So like I couldn't, I cannot keep doing the thing if there's no one to talk to and people being willing to do it. So thank you so much to everybody. Hell yeah. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. This is very cool that we did this. So, and yeah, stay up, stay tuned. It's a program. That's the jelly jams. And we'll catch you on the flip side, Portland or wherever you are listening from. Make sure you check out Saroon's music. That's AOL's project, making beautiful music, especially that Gilgul record. I still won't be quiet about <laughs> the instrumental record that you put out recently. Um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. I think that's how we end the show. We did it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dan. Nice. Thank you.